0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Darryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Solomon contrasts lady wisdom with the foolish woman called folly. Both invite guests to their home, one door leads to life, the other leads to death. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Proverbs chapter 9 on Simply the Bible.
0: Guess who's coming for dinner? But in Proverbs 9, probably the better question is, guess who's inviting you for dinner? You see, Solomon contrasts two women who are giving dinner invitations their invitations are similar. They approach a similar clientele, but their desserts are far different. Proverbs chapter nine. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. First, we see wisdom building her house. The fact that she diligently builds her house testifies that she is in fact wise because Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her own hands. Now she has hewn out her seven pillars, which speaks of a very spacious house with plenty of room for all of her guests. She has done everything to prepare a sumptuous meal. She provides meat for nourishment, wine for joy, and a decorated table where her guests have fellowship with one another. Is this not a picture of the gospel? You see, Jesus gives us the meat of his word. He gives us the wine of his abundant joy and perfect peace. And he brings us into his body of believers, where we have wonderful fellowship with one another. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness, and live, and go in the way of understanding. She sends out her maidens, or servants, to invite the people to the banquet that she's prepared. Now, she goes to the highest places of the city. These would be the elevated spots where the greatest number of people could hear her invitation. She addresses the simple, that is, the naive. I like the insight of Warren Wiersbe concerning this verse. He said, Wisdom's first call was to the simple, the scorners, and the fools. Chapter 1, verse 22. The scorners laughed at her, so in her second call, she invited only the simple and the fools. Chapter 8, verse 5. But the fools didn't want God's wisdom, so in this third call, she invites only the simple ones to come to her feast. Now, it's a dangerous thing to reject God's invitation. You never know when it may be your last one. Now, doesn't this invitation to eat her bread and drink her wine remind us of the communion elements of the Lord's Supper? The bread represents His body that was broken for us. The wine represents His blood that was shed for us. Unless we partake of these, we have no life in us, according to John 6.53. There is a cost to come to this supper. We must forsake foolishness and go in the way of understanding. We cannot hold on to our sin and receive Jesus. If we make a pact with our sins, then we cannot make a pact with Christ. 1 John 3.9 says that whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't ever miss the mark or fall short, but we cannot continue in willful and habitual sin. The Holy Spirit in us won't let us do that. In this illustration of wisdom inviting guests to her home, we are reminded of Christ's parable of the Great Supper in Luke 14. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So the master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. So you see, the Lord gives the invitation to everyone to enter his kingdom. The invitation is so great. Who would not want to attend? But the truth is that many don't want to come. They want to do their own thing rather than coming to the Lord's banquet. However, those who reject his invitation will ultimately be rejected themselves. Verse 7, He who corrects a gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you rebuke a wise man and he will love you give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser teach a just man and he will increase in learning there are certain activities that are bound to get you into trouble one is to rebuke a scoffer a scoffer has no intention of wanting to change and he resents anybody telling them that he needs to so if you rebuke him He will do his best to shame you. Why waste the effort? Likewise, if you rebuke the wicked, then you will only harm yourself. Jesus echoed this wisdom in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. But if you rebuke a wise man, then he will love you for it. You see, a wise man is humble. He realizes he doesn't know everything and he welcomes new insight. So if you give him instruction, then he will be still wiser. And if you teach a just man, he will increase in his learning. Now, Solomon told us in the first chapter that a fool despises wisdom and instruction. So if you give wisdom and instruction to someone and they don't receive it, well, then you know that they're a fool. So save your breath. But if the person receives your rebuke, instruction, or teaching, then you know that that is a wise person. Now, what do we use as our source material? In other words, what is it that we teach to others? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We have so much good stuff in the Word to share with others, but if someone has no appreciation for it, then you would be wise to keep your mouth shut. Verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. All wisdom begins fearing the lord now that's not a cowering phobia but a reverential respect of our heavenly father and as we come to know the holy one then we gain understanding we learn to discern between right and wrong between good and evil by simply knowing god for by me your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added to you If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. So if you're wise, it will extend your days. And if you're wise, it's for your own benefit. Likewise, the scoffer will bear the pain of it alone. What pain and misery will scoffers suffer when they are cast into outer darkness, isolated from all that is good? Verse 13. Now Solomon contrasts the woman called wisdom with the woman called folly. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing, for she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places in the city to call to those who pass by who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple let him turn in here and as for him who lacks understanding she says to him stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant look how the woman folly is contrasted with the woman wisdom first she is clamorous loud and ignorant and she calls to all who pass by now she's indiscriminate anybody who comes by her way she will call out to There are fools from all walks of life and socioeconomic levels. She calls to those who are walking in the straight way. How many Christians have turned aside from the narrow path late in life to their own folly and ruin? Now, the one thing all of her victims have in common is that they are simple or naive. They are not discerning about good and evil and therefore they are duped. She convinces her guests that things stolen actually taste better. She deceives them into thinking that they can eat her secret bread, that is, have hidden indulgences that no one knows about, but the truth is that they will be exposed in due time. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. Now, before you begin your journey, consider the final destination. Before you enter her door, consider where it leads. Those who enter her house go to hell. Hell, here is the Hebrew word sheol, the realm of the dead. In the Greek, it would be Hades. That is the place where unbelieving souls wait in torment until the last judgment. Two women inviting the simple ones for dinner. The invitation sounds similar they go to similar people, but what they serve up is far different. The desert of wisdom is eternal life, but the desert of folly is hell. Which invitation will you accept? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word that guides us, that teaches us, that instructs us in righteousness. Lord, we pray that we would be wise. We pray that we would respond to your gospel invitation that we should come in faith, believing in Jesus Christ, the son of God, and receiving all the wisdom that you pour out into our hearts through your word by your spirit, that we, Lord, might extend our lives in joy and peace. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: Please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we'll begin the many random proverbs of Solomon. Usually they are in the form of parallelism, often comparing the righteous with the wicked. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Proverbs on Simply the Bible.